0: to Who Are You Wearing?, a podcast about style and fashion with stylish people. And me, Kiri Pritchard-McClain. I'm a stand-up comedian who loves clothes almost as much as I love Queer Eye, and that is a lot. This week's episode is with actor, comedian, and writer, Lolly Adafope. Lolly uh, is another tally on my chart that reads, stylish millennials were all teenage emos. Please don't argue with me. These are irrefutable facts based on my hours of research. I'll fight you in the street if you disagree. (laughs) Now, this episode was recorded um, in May 2021, so quite a while ago now. Lolly was at home in London and I was, you guessed it, in a cupboard in Wales. (laughs) Now, heads up, there is some uh, chat about eating disorders on this podcast. So if you are not in the headspace to listen to that, maybe give this one a little uh, bit of a skip or come back to it when you feel like you might be able to. There's also a very odd style icon in here that you won't be expecting but i'm absolutely here for it um i'm not going to chat too much i've got lots to say at the end of the show as per usual please enjoy me asking lolly adafope who are you wearing
1: when i was like 14 maybe i think i started thinking more about my own clothes i think before that i would just sort of i was like vaguely aware of clothes but never enough to to really think about it but like my mum would dress me in quite like cool clothes like i had a lot of like very large mickey mouse motifs um and actually i think i wore a lot of bright colors as well when i was like little because my mum was like in charge of dressing me and then when i got a little bit older when i started wearing like band t-shirts i think that was when i was like okay so i can like tell people who i am with the clothes that i wear (laughs) but before that it was just yeah it was kind of being done for me i think
0: so you so as a kid then with your mum it sounds like she got great taste she's gone for bright colours mickey mouse mm. like that never goes out of fashion yeah um, yeah so were you putting any of your own style on it as a kid were you like this and this together or you just like dress me mother
1: <laughs> um i think i think she was in charge i think i think if i like was really against something, then I wouldn't have to wear it. But I kind of just left it up to her because I think I'm just, like, kind of quite lazy (laughs) and was very up for, like, her being in charge. Um, And then probably, like, starting secondary school and being like, oh, okay, so there are people with, like, different styles who, like, think about what they wear. Maybe I should start to think about what I wear as well.
0: (laughs) So you weren't ever made to wear anything that you hated then?
1: Not that I hated, no. I think, like, maybe for, like... Fancy parties I would have to wear, like, a dress that I wouldn't normally wear. But I had, like, one that was, like, my go-to for, like, a fancy party. Um, I think, in general, I quite liked the, like, Mickey Mouse and, like, strange clothes. Because it was like, okay, this is quite cool and I don't have to think about it.
0: Did you ever... Well, did you have a favourite item of clothing that you just didn't want to take off as a kid or or as a teenager?
1: The, my mum had a purple dress that uh, she didn't really used to wear anymore but was still in her wardrobe... And I think from probably from the age of, like, six to maybe, like, 15, I would just wear it in the house. Even though, until I was maybe 20, it didn't fit, because it was too long. Um, But I remember, like, just always being like, this is the most beautiful dress in the world, and one day (laughs) I'll be able to wear it. So I would just try it on every day in the hope that I was, like, old enough and grown enough to wear it. And I remember once my friend came over... And we tried to do that thing where you, like, go on the person's shoulders and then wear the dress because we were like, maybe this will work if (laughs) if two of us will be one adult woman and then we can wear this dress and it obviously didn't work. Um, But I would just, like, put that on whenever I got the chance because I was like, oh, this is what, like, cool adults wear.
0: Was it, like, a fancy dress or was it, like, a stay dress? It was, like, I think, like,
1: kind of in between. It was, like, kind of like a purple, long, short-sleeved Sl- like maybe slightly velvety dress um it's like slightly fancy but like you know timeless, timeless.
0: classic <laughs> and what's happened to the dress now that's what we all want to know
1: i wish i knew uh, my parents have moved house since then so i feel like it's it's disappeared or she maybe my mum gave it to like one of her sisters or something but i haven't seen it in a long time i, I do actually remember though like getting to the age where i could have worn the dress and being like Ah, i'm not gonna wear that dress <laughs>
0: Sorry. That's something a sixteen-year-old would wear. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, well, as a special part of the podcast, here's the dress. Oh the my god! <laughs> so, so, what does your? Mu- I'm interested with your because your mum was so like influential in your style. What does she mm. make of how you dress now?
1: Um, I think she likes how I dress now. It's probably like she's more conservatively dressed than me um but I think like I probably went through a period of wearing less clothes in like my 20s when I was young and live and now I'm sort of coming back around to like slightly more androgynous clothes which I think is not necessarily her style but I think she appreciates the like covering upness of it (laughs) um but yeah I think she's like we like like the same things she just like wants more fabric I think (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay interesting <laughs> yeah. this but more of it yeah yeah yeah
1: this put over your head <laughs>
0: <laughs> so when you were a teenager what were the what were the big trends did you go in for any of them
1: i do remember once um me and my friend nicola were in were hanging out in the um sutton high street times square shopping center and we bumped into this guy who had been on I don't know if you ever watched Rock School. Yes. It was like that reality show for kids, yeah. And um, we bumped into this guy who'd been on Rock School and we were obviously, like, so starstruck by this, like, 15-year-old boy. And we, like, chatted to him for a bit and, like, were playing it really cool. And and then he left. And I I remember my friend saying, like, wow, I'm really glad that we saw him on a day that we were both dressed really cool. And I was like, yeah, I agree. And (laughs) I remember what I was wearing. I was wearing... Um, I, cause I wasn't allowed to wear crop tops when I was like 14. So I was wearing a long sleeved white top and a blue short sleeved t-shirt over it, which I had tied into a crop top. Um, and, and I was wearing a black knee length skirt, but it was one of those skirts where it was like different lengths. So kind of like a zigzag on the hem. <laughs> um that like sort of gothy trend of wearing those yeah. skirts. And I remember we were both like, yeah, <laughs> thank fuck that, that we were wearing <laughs> this outfit. <laughs> and I can't because I remember at the time being like, yeah, this is one of my best outfits.
0: <laughs> <laughs> thank the Lord.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I think um, a lot of long cardigans, um, like that that era when it was like, oh, let's sort of dress like grandmas, when like indie music was in so like cardigans yeah. and um, long necklaces and leggings um, and like dresses over leggings I think was a big thing um, I think also like it took me quite a while to like work out what the, the actual trend was so I was always kind of like slightly behind the trend so like whenever I was wearing band t-shirts I was wearing like a band t-shirt and then a band hoodie over the band t-shirt and it was like <laughs> no <laughs> this Ah. this isn't this isn't quite right
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's the like indie equivalent of like a full kit wanker you know when people turn up in a full full kit yeah 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 (laughs) you just look like you're selling merch (laughs)
1: yeah
0: yeah yeah um uh, can I just ask? Obviously, was the guy that you met the now deceased guy? It from... wasn't the
1: now deceased guy. No, no, no. I would have said I don't. I wouldn't have told the story. I think
0: <laughs> that was what <laughs> course, was funnier yeah, that it wasn't
1: even the coolest guy. It was just a random guy, and he he was of. I can tell now. He was obviously kind of surprised that we were interested in talking to him. <laughs> um, but yeah, wonder what he's doing now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um. Well, I, I always, I'm I very interested in what lots of people do after after you've been famous. Mm. Like, uh, some of you 17 have a painting and decorating service. Wow.
1: Because
0: um, when I went to see Adele Clang, um, <laughs> she was like, one of them was painting my auntie's shed. No. <laughs> it's just way. like a. Yeah, she was in Manchester, so she was like, "I always love take that more than E17." And she's like, "In fact, what of E17 was painting my auntie's shed the other day." <laughs> that's pretty cool. It's really cool. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah. to be the first thing I mentioned. I'd be like, "See that shed?" Yeah. Okay. Do you remember E17? No, no, not the one who ran himself over. There was oh, yeah, God. there was two tall ones. <laughs> no, not that one. The other one, not the one who wrote everything. The other one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. <clears throat> so did you have then? I know you weren't allowed crop tops. Mm. And, and you've sort of mentioned your mum being, like, more conservative. Did you have a rebellious phase then? And did it did it show up in your clothes? Um,
1: I think slightly, but it was more, like, in my 20s. So it was kind of past the point where it was actually rebellious. It was like, well, you know, I've, I've kind of moved out of my house now. But I remember, like, the first years of going to Edinburgh, there's, like, pictures of me and my, like, friends from uni and, like, friends from school. And I'm wearing, like, very tiny shorts and like a tiny vest and like running up and down the streets of Edinburgh and I was like I sort of can't believe I did that but I think it's because a, a, the average person would have done it when they were 15 and <laughs> I wasn't allowed so I did it much later on and it was like okay she needs to cover up <laughs> my rebellion just came way too late even now I think about it I'm like, I really want to get my nose pissed and I'm like I should have done that 20 years ago.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah Cause it, now it's really, I think that about so many things that I'm like, Oh, Kiri Louise, you're nudging into midlife crisis territory. Yeah, here.
1: exactly. You missed yeah, yeah, the window. Yeah. <laughs> There's no way that if I get my nose pierced now, it won't be a little bit strange.
0: <laughs> yeah, how's Lolly? Yeah. She's okay. She got her nose pierced. So
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what else is there to say?
0: Really? <laughs> yeah. Hollywood's hard. <laughs> so um so were you like you were a teenage like goth then or skater or indie kid or did you go through because i went through the like goth as in i was reaching for something alternative Mm. and then in 2001 when the strokes first album came along i was like this is what i am i'm converse trainers and skinny jeans
1: yes yeah i think i was i think i had like a very very brief period where i was sort of more um like young streetwear, but I think like when it, when everyone is twelve, they kind of are wearing like puffer jackets and stuff, mm. and then very quickly um crossed over into emo world um and was full emo, probably also partly because um emo is quite a covered up uh <laughs> clothing <laughs> um so I could get away with wearing like long black skirts and like stuff that my mum would approve of um and was emo for a while I think until maybe like year 10 and then sort of crossed through into indie and stayed indie for quite a long time I think Mm. and I think that is where my heart is. (laughs) Worst thing I've ever said. (laughs) 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 No, but I do actually think that, yeah, my heart kind of, uh, my heart resides in any land. Um, Yeah. But also like, yeah, like button up, wearing like a button up shirt to the top for the first time was like, oh, I see. This is, this is who I am. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Wearing (laughs) braces
1: (laughs) with a a button up shirt. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I love it. Take my pulse and you'll hear the sound of Golden Touch by Razorlight. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I feel so the same. And do you know what's really interesting is loads of the people I'm talking to on this podcast went through that stage. And and there'll be people listening, be like, well, all teenagers did, but they they didn't. I remember being in the no. minority of my school, but yeah. we were the kids who were like trying to strive out and be something different. Um, totally, and whereas yeah. everyone else was in sportswear or, or you know, just mm. like kind of generic top line basics. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and then I think that that kind of experimenting with fashion and style creates glamorous, interesting adults. Yeah, I've
1: yeah. I said it. Agreed.
0: 100%. Yeah. Show me a teenage goth and I'll show you a stylish adult.
1: Absolutely. Unless they're stuck with
0: a goth, in which case I'll show you someone who, whose t shirts stink of damp. <laughs> stop making your rats watch you have sex <laughs> your current style now which i know you talked about has evolved and then is evolving again and i think will keep evolving um when did what we sort of see now with either the androgyny or the bright colors when did that start showing up because um, you know in your 20s you're running around in tiny shorts and a vest top yes
1: so. yeah and then I think I think maybe like when Janelle Monet first like broke out onto the scene and like her like early incarnations or when I discovered her anyway was a lot of like white shirts and um, like jackets and trousers and I think because I think there'd been like other people doing that before but because she was like black and um like sexually ambiguous and like gender fluid or whatever i was kind of like oh okay this is like an accessible thing for me um and i think i sort of started doing my hair like her first because i was like that's easiest that's the easiest thing to like change for myself (laughs) and then like slowly started to like wear slightly more androgynous clothes um and i also remember like weirdly there was a woman on the apprentice like 10 years ago who wore a tie because like normally all the women always wore like pencil skirts Mm. and the men wore suits and this woman wore this woman wore a jacket and a tie and i was like whoa i actually think that was probably
0: the true (laughs) genesis
1: i remember being like that's incredible that she's done that like it was like 15 years ago or something um
0: and she was katie hopkins and we owe her a lot she was
1: katie hopkins she wasn't katie hopkins but she did have an affair with another apprentice contestant and then i think maybe now they're married um but yeah I remember being I, I remember like wearing a tie for a bit because I was like, I guess I'll just wear a tie. You're allowed. you're allowed mm-hmm. to wear a tie. Um, and then yeah, I think before that maybe I'd just kind of done what like my friends were doing or like what was like immediately in front of me. and then after seeing that, I was like, this is like a, this is, this is stuff that's like accessible to me. like I can get a tie from like my dad's wardrobe or whatever. Um, I don't have to like go to a tailor's and get a suit made. Mm. Um, And then, yeah, started more androgynous from there.
0: Yeah, I remember going through a tie phase when I was a a teenager. And and you're right, going through my dad's. There was one in particular I used to wear, which was a brown tie with pink tiny elephants on it. Um, and mm. I really dig that. It was from one of my dads from the 70s, but it's the kind of thing as well. You could go to a charity shop and get one for like 50p yeah. or 99p, like and then suddenly you're like, Oh, sorry guys, I'm not sure if you got the email or oh, sorry to <laughs> SMS. I'm not sure if you got the SMS or the polytone. Um, but I um, I'm really stylish now. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. <laughs> I know I hated the time we had to wear it as uniform, but I'm in yeah. sixth form now, so yeah. I wear different ties. Things have
1: changed. Yeah, um,
0: but it's. I think it's really important to have like an item that can make. Fashion accessible, and yeah, that's why yeah. accessories are really good because mm-hmm. they are affordable. Yeah, yeah. Also, when I think about Dude. you and and your style, like some of the, like I have in my head, like the times I've loved you the most have been in in suits as well. So like mm. that you wore, is it was it to the BAFTAs There's a great picture of you and Inez, and you're in a yellow suit. Yeah, that yellow yeah. suit was like absolutely stunning. Thank you so much. Um, and there's a sh- there's a shrill. Um, I think we're doing promo for shrill, and it's like a pale green suit that's oh
1: yeah gorgeous yeah.
0: yeah um it's how how do you fa- like I think suits it I always look at you and I'm like oh, that's how you wear a suit and I I would never <laughs> put myself in a suit I think I would look like the biggest twat ever but, because it, so. in my head I'm but because it's because I'm like well I just think the big boobs would just make me look comical like like a dinner lady in court like <laughs> like <laughs> I think it would just it would not be right but then i see you and i'm like oh well you look absolutely amazing uh, in it so well no it's 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 true it's true um (laughs) but i guess is that do you do you get them tailored to fit you
1: no i think like i i've like recently started getting some other clothes tailored only because of doing shrill and like some of the outfits in shrill get tailored and i'm like oh this is why clothes look nice on television because they're tailored but the suits like the the yellow suit was from zara um and i think i wore it and was like yeah this is so cool to wear a suit and then i sort of realized that like it was like slightly peplum and like i think what i've realized in the last few years is that i really like clothes that are like the purest version of what it is rather than like Mm. oh this is like a jumpsuit that's got like something else on it and it's been made like this i kind of like i think that's why why i like men's clothes because it's like this is just what it is it's not like you know made feminine in any way um so i I wore that yellow suit and then was like no i actually think i want to wear like a more just like oversized suit suit so then i wore the green one which is just from asos it was just like a a weird like i just, just stumbled across it um but yeah i think i'm just too lazy to get suits tailored it's like it's just a lot of effort And what I like is something that looks good and requires no effort. Um, I'm not really someone who's like, I'm going to spend a long time making myself look good. I'm like, how can I cheat and still look good?
0: (laughs) Um, I want that result, but none of the journey. (laughs) Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. But yeah, I think I just try to wear like, because I've got big boobs as well. So I try to wear like oversized stuff. Um, And maybe also like part of like wanting to wear more androgynous stuff is like not wanting too much attention on my boobs and like um I think some people are very good at like stepping into themselves and being like yeah I have big boobs and I'm like gonna wear clothes that accentuate it and like feel good about that and I think I did that for a little bit and it just wasn't really for me um and so have like sort of gone more towards like oversized blazers and like things that you can wear with big boobs but like mm. don't necessarily draw attention to the fact that you've got big boobs
0: yeah it's interesting isn't it having big knockers um I've, i have a bit of stand-up about it and like mine are always out but the, the the side of it i don't like is if they are out or generally whether they're hidden or not is it's like your boobs enter a sexual conversation you haven't consented to
1: oh my god and, yeah
0: and then it's that weird thing where if someone says anything whether it's, you know, a straight person or a gay person or a man or a woman or, you know, yeah. or any iteration of, of sexuality or gender and be like, oh, I know you're being nice, but I just feel very uncomfortable now.
1: Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I always think like, wow, I'm going to write a book about boobs. And then I Google it and I'm like, everything has already been said. But like, <laughs> it's so true. Like, I did a photo shoot once and I think because in my head, I think, like, if I wear an oversized blazer, nobody will know that I have big boobs, which is obviously not the case. Um, but I did this photo shoot, and then, like, one of the stylists came over and was, like, adjusting something. And I think I just sort of, like, looked down to see what it was that they were adjusting. Um, and he was a gay man, and he was like, because oh, obviously you've got really big boobs, so we're just trying to, like, readjust re- this, so that it looks good. And I was kind of, like, in my head, like, how dare you notice that I have big boobs? <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like, yeah, anyone trying to be kind or mean or anything it's kind of read as like why are you ogling me and why have you like for me it's like why have you noticed this thing that I was trying to yeah <laughs> like get you to avoid like mentioning um, yeah
0: it's like you know when um you know when you wear like a beanie hat or something to hide greasy hair yeah and then yeah, yeah. like oh you're like are you alright or are you hung over and you're like how dare you, you notice know, the thing that's yeah, so expertly yeah. hid yeah <laughs> an outfit or like day-to-day or or for an event mm. um do you think of makeup and hair as part of the outfit or or are you just like oh that's a, that can take care of itself
1: i tend to think of it as part of the outfit but it does come afterwards it comes after the outfit and it comes it tends to be like um okay i'm gonna wear this big attention-seeking outfit like on my birthday I wore like quite a big fluffy pink dress and then I was like okay I'm gonna have very simple like slicked back hair because it's otherwise it's too much (laughs) um but it it does tend to just be like okay how can I like balance the fact I'm wearing something quite mad with my makeup so either like very little makeup or like a very like paired back hairstyle I think Mm.
0: because that's that's another interesting thing about you saying like you're the birthday outfit the pink and like that gorgeous blue that you wore on Jonathan Ross. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. like, th- it's it's so interesting to to move from, like, suits and oversized androgyny to, mm. like, ultra femme, like, and loads of texture and loads of light and size as well. Mm. Um, and is that just, like, as your mood takes you? Or do you just go, I like that, so I want to wear it?
1: I think I either wear, like, quite androgynous things or quite, like femme things but I guess th- they're always kind of like oversized and kind of ridiculous I don't tend to wear like tight um, more like sexualized, feminine stuff I think um, I think I kind of think of it as like okay what I like to wear is androgynous stuff and then if it's an event maybe I want to be a little bit more like extra so what can I do that's like almost quite funny <laughs> so like a big like <laughs> a uh, big like blue dress that kind of like looks like a bird but it still feels in a way kind of androgynous because it's so oversized and like not drawing attention to my body it's almost still like um taking like the sexuality out of it in a way yeah
0: it, it reminds think. me a little bit of well it feels like you know when you're a kid and you play dress up and mm. you're in your mum's purple dress and yeah, you're like yeah. this is what it is to be a grown-up and yeah it's this exactly sort of, like that's it's really fun yeah um and I was going to compare it to... <laughs> maybe this is a really crass, pos- you know, a, 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 a comparison. But when I see Grace and Perry as Claire mm-hmm. in that ultra-femme sort of dress-up playful stuff, yeah, that's not, like, necessarily, like, emulating a woman. It's emulating a type of femininity yeah, that's totally. also childlike and then removes the sexual element yeah, from it, yeah. I think.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think also, like, part of it for me comes from spending years like at uni or like just after uni my early 20s wearing like tight jeans and like bodycon and sort of like waking up one day and being like i think i'd like to be comfortable actually why why am i why am i uncomfortable every day <laughs> <laughs> um, and like the number of times that like, i've like tried stuff on and been like okay i guess i can wear this but like i probably can't have like a big lunch when i wear this or whatever And then just being like, maybe I won't live my life in constant pain.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Maybe I should just like wear something huge that I can just like slob out in underneath or like wear like something oversized that like, yeah, it's just the the priority is is comfort and then like secondary is style. I I
0: can't believe how many years of my life I lost to like jeans that, you're right, if I had any food in them. Would just have the constant Mm. reassuring knuckle of a of a button going into like my abdomen jeans
1: where you can't sit down.
0: Where you're like, oh no, I'll.
1: Would you like to sit down, (laughs) (laughs) Kiri
0: No, I'm just going to stand for the whole of this bottomless brunch, (laughs) shifting my weight from foot to foot because I've worn the wrong shoes as well. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, insane. (laughs) Um, I also think about when I think of your great outfits as well. There's a beautiful um did you maybe you wore it on the red carpet and or to film sorry but it's a kitty joseph oh, yeah. rainbow that is yeah, stunning yeah. that's again that feels yeah it's very like quite oversized
1: yeah. in a way and like not form-fitting but still quite mad and like attention like attention grabbing um i think yeah now I'm, I'm only just now like noticing the pattern of me just wearing like big colorful dresses they're still very comfortable, um and I mm. don't. I think I like tried to wear a strapless bra, knowing that I can't wear strapless bras that day, and um abandoned it. Like, like I think it was at the baftas and I abandoned it like halfway through, and was like, "This is the most comfortable I've ever been, just in this like tent of a dress, no bra." I took my shoes off because I couldn't wear the heels. <laughs> I was like, "This, this is my final form." <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, it's it's so interesting that you say that about like attention seeking but like but not form fitting because then it's like it's on it's your terms and you're removing the sexuality from it. Cause also when I think of oversized, I think of unflattering mm. and nothing you wear is unflattering. You look absolutely amazing in it. And that's like, to have the eye to do that, I think is really impressive. Is that, do you pick your own clothes or do you work with a stylist? Or? I think I,
1: yeah, I pick my own clothes. I've like worked with stylists before and have never really, apart from Shrill, the costume department for that, they're not like stylists per se, but like they were incredible. But I just always find that like, it's, I almost feel like you have to spend so much time explaining what you want to the stylist for them to get what you're looking for that I kind of just abandoned like I had a few like sessions with a stylist and it just felt like too much effort like I, I could just do it myself mm. I think what I want to do is like what I need some is, is someone to do the admin of like getting the <laughs> clothes but then like choosing them like I would like love to be a stylist I think like I I like doing it for myself and I feel like I know like what I work best in and stuff um so it's like it does feel like I'm like conscious of how much time I spend thinking about clothes <laughs> and I'm like is this too much time I'm not really sure but I think like maybe a few years ago I was like okay well because not all shops have clothes in my size mm. if I want to be someone who like likes wearing little outfits then I it's just going to require more of my time and I think it, I just like sort of like accepted that myself I was like this look I like wearing nice clothes so I might as well put in the like extra effort that's required for yeah. it yeah
0: yeah I, I totally know what you mean I everything mean, like if I want to look good on my terms hmm. and their high street etc doesn't make it easy hmm. okay well I'm just gonna have to look a bit harder and yeah be a bit more creative about where I get stuff from yeah yeah has doing because Fran's outfits on Shrill are absolutely amazing. Yeah, like, yeah. Has that changed how you dress as as Lolly?
1: Yeah, definitely. I feel like before I did Shrill, I would like wear nice clothes if I had to, but my baseline was was like leggings or like a t-shirt, or whatever. My baseline was just like putting some clothes on so that I'm not naked. Um, and now I'm more like I'm more enjoying like, it sounds really wanky, but like the art of putting a nice outfit together. Like even if it's just to like go to the post office, it's like, it's just like quite a fun thing to do, I think. Um, And like, yeah, like thinking about like jackets and accessories and stuff and like still with the sheen of being very lazy and not like wanting to like delve too much into it, but definitely like exploring like nice basics and, um, like i bought i bought some trousers that i bought these like green vegan leather trousers and then i was like i don't think these work for me and then i brought them into the costume department at Shrill and i was like i feel like fran would wear these <laughs> and they were like yeah yeah fran would wear these we can put them in the, in in the episode and so then i wore them as fran and then because i bought them i kept them and now i wear them because i'm like actually yeah i think I, <laughs> actually, now that fran has worn these and they've been tailored. That's
0: so interesting. <laughs> I, feel like I can't Just, has, that, has that been the, the case with other rules you've mm. done? Because I always think when I see it was a Kitty and Ghost, which I absolutely love and I love her, <laughs> but I'm like, oh my God, they're like, I think you have the most demanding costume.
1: Yeah, definitely. There. And I include
0: the guy with a like, <laughs> what is it, a javelin or an arrow through his neck or his head or something. But, yeah, you know, yeah. Like... I mean,
1: that's fine. <laughs> that's the <laughs> easiest one. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I love complaining about it. <laughs> um but i i definitely do have the most challenging costume and also i didn't realize until i think maybe like this year because martha also has a corset but i have loads of layers and i have a big dress on um so mine is also very heavy it's like the corset is almost the easiest bit of it because like in a weird way corsets can kind of be kind of nice because it's like structured and you feel Mm. like you've got good posture and it's kind of like fencing or or something in a way um but it's like the weight of the costume that is kind of a chore. Um, and just like having to hold up the skirts, walking up the stairs and everything. Um, I mean, it's it's, it's okay because um, the character would have been, like Kitty would have been restricted in the same way. Mm. So it, like, even though there are times when I feel like, oh, I want to like jump around to like do something funny in a scene. It's kind of fine because I know that like well, Kitty would never have done that. But then at the same time, it's like you don't want to be thinking about your costume all day, <laughs> thinking about uh, the moment when you take it off all day. <laughs> um, but I think like even Larry has like loads of prosthetics, but like you sat down for his prosthetics, <laughs> you're not wearing a corset with prosthetics. <laughs>
0: It does, sound- Fight me, Larry. No. <laughs> it does sound like the outfit does uh fly in the face of your um overwhelming desire to be lazy because <laughs> it's so heavy. exactly
1: yeah although in a way I, like they were the crew are always very nice and they're always like do you
0: want a chair and i'm like yeah if i could get a chair that would be great <laughs> <laughs> um have you, is there any trend that you've repeatedly tried to pull off and it's it's not happening
1: hmm I don't think I'm that adventurous, to be honest, anymore. Anyway, um, I think maybe play suits actually. For me, I've never really found a play suit that works for me, and I think I probably did try for a while, and then abandoned it. Um, but I, every time I see them online, I'm like, "Wow, that's an amazing play suit. I should get that." And I'm like, I have to remind myself, like it didn't work. (laughs) You need to, you need to put this to bed. You you need to, you need to, yeah, you need to let go. Um, but yeah, there's like a lot of things that I look at and I'm like, oh, that's amazing. And then I, like, I'm trying to like work out like what my style is because like, I think ASOS kind of warped my brain a little bit and made me think that like, because there are a million clothes in the world, you can wear a million different kinds of clothing. Mm. And actually what always happens is I then buy these things and I wear them once. And I'm like, no, this isn't actually for me. So I'm trying to be like, okay, what is actually my style, and then I can look at something and be like, oh, that's very beautiful, but it's not actually for me. So I don't, I don't have to buy it.
0: Yeah, that's hard, isn't it, with clothes websites and with people who are beautiful on Instagram? You see, it's do you mm. know what it reminds me of? Is when I used to go and take like wild pictures of haircuts into the hairdressers, and what I wasn't saying, give me this haircut. I was going, make me look like her. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, yeah. You yeah, have yeah. to realize
0: that, like, okay, well, there's like six stone and some danish genetics stopping you from looking like that beautiful woman yeah, yeah. so you i have will so look many Ill. pictures
1: of rihanna on my phone that i've that, t- <laughs> t- taken into hairdressers and i've also tried i remember when i was younger i used to always take in pictures of white women for head hair, t- into hairdressers and i was like i really need to stop that Because I was always like, yeah, I want like curly hair like this white (laughs) woman has. And it's like, no, you have 4C hair. (laughs) That's the hair that you're always going to have. So maybe like base it on an actual person who has hair like that.
0: (laughs) So you were like, oh, I just want sort of like a blown out relaxed curls like I've been on the beach all day.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I remember like when I was maybe like 16, I took in a photo. There was a girl who had been on X Factor who was mixed race, who had like that kind of like blonde and brown really big curly hair and i took in that photo to a hair salon and i came out and i i looked like the orphan annie from the musical annie (laughs) because it was so short and so tightly curled and i and i do have the pictures and i will send you the pictures but the i think there's like a tiktok trend now people being like this is what i brought into the hairdressers and this is what they gave me so i feel like maybe i should do one of those because it couldn't it couldn't be further from the picture that i that i brought in
0: that's so funny there was a there was a <laughs> picture that i gave that i gave to a hairdresser that was like of this gorgeous girl who was just like all cheekbones and like perfect heart shaped face and she, so she had like a sw- like really uh, straight short uh, hair just just past her um, jaw and it was black underneath and then white on top. It was like a white bulk wow. on top. It was so gorgeous and I took it to the hairdressers and I've got a natural like wave in my-, my hair will, will never straight. stay curly or stay straight. It just wants to be wavy. So immediately it looks wrong like this you can't straighten <laughs> it enough to make it sit right and it was right. so bad this is absolutely true um there was sort of like people had assumed that i had been through chemotherapy and my hair yeah. was growing back in an unflattering and difficult manner oh or gosh. that i had like an an, an an inexpensive wig so that was my first year in uni that everyone's like oh the, the girl from wales with cancer <laughs> like <laughs> with- oh my gosh <laughs> I'll show you I'll send you a picture it's so it's an every picture of I don't really or when I was in my 20s I didn't really smile in pictures because I thought my chin stuck out too much and wow. so all my I, I'm really forlorn in all the pictures and there's one where I I, I, I my eyes are so hollow and this hair <laughs> I'll just have to send you it because it's well wow, yeah please do <laughs> <laughs> so do you like go right i'm having a clear out and get rid of loads of stuff or do you hold on to stuff have you have you got anything you've had for ages
1: um yeah i totally do to both like every so often i'll look at my wardrobe and i'll be like hey hey everything i need to get rid of everything that doesn't spark joy um <laughs> and then uh, other times I'll, like i've got a box of stuff that like doesn't quite fit but don't want to get rid of um and i mean it's kind of toxic but like cause people always say like you shouldn't keep clothes that are like slightly too small and i'm so i mean i kind of agree but also i mean i don't think you should keep like a box with like a, a timer on it that says like <laughs> i'm going to wear this in a year but like i have these trousers that i bought in new york and i tried them on in the fitting room and they they fit but they were like uncomfortably tight and i was like well there might be a time when i lose a few pounds and then they won't be tight so I might as well keep mm. them and I've kept them and I have gained weight since then <laughs> so it's it's getting further and further away from being able to wear them but I'm still like they're such nice trousers and like I'm, I'm not like working towards wearing them but mm. I feel like there's nothing wrong with holding on to something that like potentially could be a really fun outfit at some point in my life and also could maybe won't be but like mm. fun to see who knows um yeah I've got like a few things like that that I hold on to
0: I've got a similar thing with that in that, like, also my weight fluctuates loads. Yeah, yeah. I stack it on in the winter. I (laughs) stack it on hard. And then without trying, it starts to come off as soon as, uh, basically as soon as the daffodils are out. Like, I lose my appetite. I leave the house. Yeah, exactly. And I move around more. And we've all been through, like, a pandemic. So i have that thing of like i know that's unhealthy to hold on to stuff and it's not like these are my inspiration jeans there's nothing yeah, like that Yeah, it's exactly. just like yeah i don't want anyone else to have this yeah <laughs> and I, exactly i back yeah, myself yeah, yeah. to have a gastric flu at some point <laughs> yeah and yeah be able to wear, wear you know three days of wearing that and it's not that yeah. i'm obsessed and that will be my perfect size it's that i mm. i just like i don't get rid of stuff that's too big for me because i know i'm gonna yeah, go yeah. up i'm gonna go down it's, it's exactly. the same thing And I wish it wasn't presented in such a binary way of like it's incredibly Mm. unhealthy to hang on to close it too soon. Yeah. Um, To be fair though, I
1: feel like we're both like (laughs) we're both being really defensive against someone who like doesn't exist. Yeah, Yeah. I'm sure everyone listening will be like, "Yeah, that's absolutely fair enough." <laughs> but we're like imagining someone being like, "You're cancelled for keeping those
0: trousers." I'm and actually,
1: I think we're doing it in such a healthy way that it is actually fine. But we're both so scared.
0: I'm, well, I'm imagining myself listening to it, listening like hate listening to a podcast to someone I don't like, and be like, "Oh, brilliant!" So she is extolling the virtues of hanging to trousers that is too small for her because she gets yeah, yeah. thin in the summer. Okay, all right, yeah, okay. Well, now they can't
1: say it because you've said it.
0: (laughs) Um, What about, what's your relationship with vintage stuff? Because I find it like, I hang on to it if I find anything that I like. Because also, especially with bigger boobs, but like being someone who isn't petite as well, if I find something that's vintage that fits that I like, it's it's not going with anyone else ever.
1: Absolutely, yeah. And also it's so hard because... um... It's like so common that like on Depop and stuff that girls who are like size six or size eight or whatever buy up loads of vintage stuff that's like 14 or 16 so that they can have like oversized stuff or they can like cut it into something else. So it's like, I think it's kind of fair enough that we like, if we see something, we like grab it because there is less stuff for us. Like Mm. Sophie Hagen posted this thing on her story the other day about sizing And like she made the really good point because she was like looking at different sizes on like ASOS and different sizes on Simplyd and like the number of dresses and stuff. Yeah, and like how when you get to like a size thirty two, there's like six options, and and like people are always so quick to be like, oh, but I'm a size six, I don't fit into anything. It's like, but you could wear a size thirty two dress, you could like tie a belt around it and. Mm you can make it work but yeah someone who's a size 32 can't wear a size 6 so it's like so often where i go on depop and i search like size 16 and like without fail the, it, it will like come up with loads of results and then the description will be like um size 14 to 16 um fits actually fits a size 8 um because like you have to wear it like it's like an oversized fit on a size 8 but it's actually not a size 16 at all um but yeah, I think I feel like for vin- yeah with vintage clothes, I think if you find it, grab it. Don't let anyone else have it.
0: <laughs> if you're
1: not a size six or eight.
0: Um. So, what is your oldest type of clothing that you've had for the longest? N- not necessarily in terms of Ooh. like, oh, this is a thing from the seventies, but like, what have yeah. you got that you've had for the longest that you still love?
1: Um. I think I think it's all like stuff from my mum. Like my mum used to work for this company called Securicor. And for some reason, they had loads of clothes made for the company. And I think maybe, like, they did, like, a sports day or something or, like, for some reason. But they have basically loads of, like, branded clothes. So I have this, like, white t-shirt that says, like, Secure core and has, like, primary colours on it, um, which I've had, which she must have had for, like, 20 years and I've now inherited. And also um, a grey jumper that's just, like, the perfect, like, soft grey jumper has like an apple on it that I think is from her work as well um and and a red t-shirt that is just like the perfect size of t-shirt like kind of slightly boxy not too long hangs really well and is very soft so it's all just like stuff for my mum that like weirdly now is perfect for me and is just yeah perfect shape perfect everything
0: that i like that you mentioned texture a lot in softness and that and that relates mm. to comfort is it feeling yeah, yeah. against your skin
1: yeah yeah and i think like you can go into a vintage shop and there'll be like a million great jumpers but like it's quite rare to find one that's like the right softness like mm. the cot the cuffs aren't too like starchy and like it's just like quite rare when you find one that has everything and like ticks every box I think I
0: love it I love this so much thought in a (laughs) grey jumper I know (laughs) um is there is there an era that you wish you were around for fashion wise um
1: I guess probably the 80s I think like there's been times when I've like shown my brother pictures of like the looks that I like And he's always been like, oh, that's like 80s LA style. And so I I don't really like, haven't consciously known that, but I think all of the stuff seems to be that kind of vibe. So like a big oversized blazer um, and then like a black polo neck underneath or something. Um, So yeah, I wasn't like consciously aware of it, but I think it seems that 80s LA is (laughs) apparently my vibe.
0: I love it. What a yeah. what a great uh, place and era to be knocking around in. Mm. If you ignore the a- HIV AIDS crisis. Um, well, of course. Which, um, <laughs> which globally people did. Um, <laughs> what about... Um, have you got an item of clothing that you put on and you just instantly feel great? And that doesn't have to be like, I look so glam. It can be just like, I'm so comfortable now. I feel like my most me. I have...
1: Um, a, a t-shirt by a band called Everything Everything which is i, I think maybe them. i've washed it so much yeah i love them so much and I, it's it's very comfortable now and it's kind of like my comfort t-shirt but it's also cool and like has a cool um like picture on it um and then i also have a jumpsuit which um was kindly gifted um <laughs> by Rachel Antonoff which is like a purple velvet jumpsuit um, which you would love actually and you should get um, but it's kind of like button up and ties in the middle and it's just like the softest I think the softest thing I own and that it's the kind of thing that like I put it on and I'm like I should be in roller skates now <laughs> um, but I can't roller skate but it's that kind of vibe of like silky like um, straight all in one just great
0: sounds really not i've got really into like relaxed fit velvet yeah it's yeah like guys i'm wearing pajamas but you can't send me home
1: exactly <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's such a pleasing fabric to wear in terms of how comfortable it is, how much it doesn't like fight back or restrict you. But also, even Mm. if you just put like put your hands on your legs or something, you you just want to like stroke yourself. It's so tactile. Totally.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um,
0: You'll have to send me a link to said jumpsuits because they. I will too. Absolutely Uh, will um what's your relationship with shopping like where do, are you an online i know you said you use debop do you do it frequently are you always sort of scanning and, and are you like so i in uh, can tolerate um high street shopping if i if i am not looking for anything in particular but if i'm like yes. i need a pair of jeans i will yes. i'll cry by early afternoon absolutely that, it's just yeah. a fact um and so and i tend to shop online now what what about you
1: yeah i i mostly almost exclusively shop online um i used to like really enjoy shopping but i think that was maybe because my boobs got bigger so i think before i had very big boobs i kind of really wasn't wasn't really aware of how big my boobs were um and so shopping was kind of fine because i i could kind of find stuff that fit me and then when my boobs grew a bit bigger and I sort of, my brain didn't really catch up to the fact that that was happening that was happening I would like go into shops and then be like why can't I find anything what's happening um and then there was once when I was in LA and I was going to a premiere and I didn't and I hadn't brought anything from home because I was just like it'll be so fun to go to LA and find a new outfit to wear to this premiere and I like It was, I think it was one of the most stressful days of my life because I like had to get Ubers between every shop because like I don't drive and like I don't think people tend to use public transport in LA or um, to my knowledge anyway. So I had to just like, I would go to Urban Outfitters and then I wouldn't find anything and then I would have to stand in the baking heat and look on my phone and be like, okay, where's there another shop near here that's cool and, like, text my friends in LA and be like, do you know if there's anywhere around here? Maybe I could buy something for a premiere? And they'd be like, oh, yeah, there's this um, mall in, um, like, the Glendale Mall or whatever. And so I would get, like, a 10-minute Uber there, and I would, like, look in all of the shops. And I remember, I I, I didn't eat until, like, 5 p.m., because I was just going from shop to shop and, like, running out of time and being like, this thing is tomorrow, and I literally have nothing. I've only packed, like very basic boring clothes um and just trying on like outfit after outfit and nothing fit my boobs and I was like what am I what am I gonna do and I think it, eventually I just went back to I think it was like and other stories somewhere that I'd already been that day and I was like maybe just look around again just in case and then I found this dress that was like quite oversized and I think it was like a size 8 which I would never fit into but because it was so oversized it fit um and I think after that I was like never again will I enter a shop Um, but then also at the same time realize that like sizes don't mean anything and like there's this girl that I follow on Instagram called Melissa's Wardrobe and whenever she posts stuff people always say like what size is that what size is that and she like posted a story once saying like I don't buy clothes that are in a certain size I just look at what I want to wear and the fit that I want it to have and I choose that size and it kind of, like, blew my mind when I heard her say that. I was like, oh, yeah. Like, I think for ages I was like, I'm a size 14, and if it's a size 16, then I won't wear it. Mm. <laughs> now mm. it's like just, if, if I want to wear a big shirt, then I'll buy, like, a much bigger size. And if I want something to be, like, a little bit fitted, then I'll buy a too small size. But, like, we've got to let go of sizes, because, like, one, yeah. they're different in every shop anyway. And, two, it it's meaningless. Like, it should just be about what, you want the outfit to look like
0: yeah it is so that the fluctuation between sizes on the high street Mm. which are meant to be standardized is meant to make things easier but all it does is like weaponize (laughs) yeah yeah bodies
1: exactly i'm
0: exactly the same that's only something i've recently got to whereas before i'm like i think in my head i was like if it's you know, if it's a size four, if it's over a size fourteen, then you have failed. Mm. So you can't yeah, have this yeah, yeah. thing that you want in it sixteen exactly. because then you're a size sixteen. and Yeah, now this is I'm a really like...
1: gorgeous top, but it's ASOS Curve, so I'm not going to buy it because ASOS Curve is for like people who are bigger than me, and it's like ridiculous.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, but it takes loads of un unlearning with that, and like, and doesn't it, that doesn't stop either. I haven't. I'm not suddenly at this zen point where I'm like. And I never look at the size label. I just pick up yeah I, like. yeah, I I'm still like, so I'm like, oh, hello, that was a 12. Like I'll yeah, still congratulate totally. myself. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think that... also
1: like knowing your measurements is is very helpful. Because I think like from filming stuff and having people take my measurements off and I now know my measurements. And like only since then have I like, looked at size guides and been like, oh, okay, so this will fit me because it's this number of inches rather than, oh, this is a size whatever it's like knowing how much something stretches and mm. like if a brand is good then they'll have all of the information that you need and then you can work mm. it out from there um, but I feel like yeah measurements over like arbitrary brand sizing is the way to go
0: yeah and I had like there's um there's a stylist called uh, Nana chempong um, and she's she's really great she always wears block coloured suits and looks amazing mm. and she's so fit she's, like she's always hammering in the gym looks stunning mm. and she was doing some like she got some things from Zara and she was trying like she's really petite she was like oh yeah so I, I got a medium and I got a large and she was like because the medium was a bit I didn't fit the way I liked so I got a large and in my head I'm like you got a large you got a large yeah. like that's the size Yeah, that yeah. I yeah, yeah. and, and yeah. you're like we're the same you know, size yeah exactly I look like you I must look like you yeah yeah <laughs> but I was like what the fuck are you doing Kiri like you know you the fact that I felt validated from her wearing a large yeah, and yeah. being like oh yeah I just tried a large and oh, also it yeah. was too big for her so I don't know why I was like what a victory <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah but it's so yeah this whole size is do you know when I was in teenager in sixth form because I think looking back I was like one of if not the fattest girl in sixth form and i look back at myself now and i'm like you were 12 to 14 you weren't fat at all you just Mm. you know like weren't very very tiny um and i used to obsessively be like if i thought anyone was near the same size as me i.e., not a size 8 or 10 i'd be like oh what size are those trousers i was obsessed with what size trouser everyone was wearing because i was in a 14 and i was like i didn't know anyone else who wore a 14 so i'd be Mm. like oh those look big uh, and, and you know on her and she's not trying so i'd be try- constantly trying to like have this conversation about what size yeah, am yeah. i compared to everyone else and it's what yeah. a fucking waste of time
1: <laughs> i know yeah i think also like when i was younger i just happened to have a group of friends who were all very very naturally petite and small um and when i was like in year seven one of my friend's mums took three of us to zara in like on oxford street or something to i don't really know why i guess just like for a fun day out and the woman who worked there was like okay i'm gonna be like helping you today and i remember she like took us round, and for everything that she showed us she'd be like okay so sarah you're in a size six emma you're in a size six and i'm gonna give you a size 10 and like i didn't even really have like a conception of what those sizes meant but i was obviously just so aware that i was the one who was being given a bigger size um and and then when i was in like sixth form i basically like had an eating disorder because i was like so conscious of the fact that i was the biggest um but couldn't like get around like couldn't comprehend that i was just friends with loads of very small girls and i think i remember my mum saying it to me and me just being like no i'm fat and mm-hmm. like i like one day i'll be as small as them and it's like i don't have the body that they have it's never going to be that that. and now i look back at pictures and i'm like i was so so thin and i was because i was the biggest i was still like no i'm huge because i'm the biggest one mad
0: it's mad isn't it and it's yeah because also like well great for your mum for doing it um who Mm. I think we're saying the sort of exact opposite to my mother. <laughs> I was like, you're, hu- you're huge, you should do something about that. But like, oh we, do you know what I mean? Like, I, we should have looked at our bodies of being like, well, we got boobs first and, you know, yeah, totally. and all that stuff that's like, this is not a body that's built to be small. Like, you know, yeah, there's yeah, not yeah. the the extremes you'd have to go to to try and get it being small. Like, yeah. it is, um, it's so not worth it. But it, I mean, how do mm. you have that conversation with a... 15 year old who just looks at everyone else and is like yeah, I, yeah. I, I, empirically I'm bigger than everyone even now totally. like I am <laughs> I, um, I'm I'm by far not even close like by far the fattest person my partner has ever slept with and I was writing stand-up <laughs> about it because I had this bit about how I just think he's um because he's having sex with a fat woman, I'm like, he's a good guy. Like, (laughs) like, heap all this praise on him because he's, you know, he's taking on for the team and, and like, the internalised fat phobia, that is unbelievable. But every now and then I'll be like, does it bother you that you, um, that you are sleeping with a fat woman? And he's like no, like, I don't, I don't even think about it. So I'm like, oh, so I am fat. Like, I go all yeah, this Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, yes. He was like, and that's the word that you tell me to use. And it's just a descriptive. And I'm like, yeah, well, it felt like it was a pejorative when you were saying it, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But to be
1: honest, it's like, some people say it and you're like,
0: you can't say it. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yes. <laughs> yes. And some people like, say, like, did you, did you see that thing about Nicola Coughlin? Like, there was that woman being like, Nicola Coughlin is like every fat girl who has to wear a cardigan over her outfits and it's like I mean what does it matter who thinks what about whatever but like in my head I was like she's not fat but then I'm not going to tweet like Nicola Kaufman isn't fat (laughs) because it's just like you're just like yeah just getting like pulled down into the mess of people commenting on other people's bodies how about everyone just doesn't comment on anyone's body guys yeah
0: that would be nice yeah, yeah that, would be, that would be so, so nice. What One day, um, one <laughs> yeah. day we'll all be heads in a jar and you can't shame that.
1: <laughs> exactly. They will, they'll find a way.
0: The, yeah, I'll be like, your glass is really dirty, so... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's the best thing that you've managed to get from, like, secondhand, either on Debop or Charity Shop or, like, Thrifted? Um, God, I don't know. I feel like...
1: I think maybe I changed my wardrobe so much that I probably had something amazing like a few years ago and have now given it away. But like every like three months I'll book a charity, one of the, like those trade collections where they come to your house. So it's, it doesn't really feel like I'm doing a lot like actual charity. But um, uh, and then I just like give away stuff that I haven't worn in years. Um, so I feel like at the moment I have nothing like I'm not holding on to anything cool but I definitely used to have like a lot more like I had the great Levi's that I split which was so rare to find because it was like a, a like a Levi's high-waisted mom jean in like a size 16 wow and I think for ages I was like this is the perfect jean and then I obviously split them um <laughs> but that that was probably the best one for a while um and then I think now I have just like stuff from a few years ago that is in a special which is sad but just got to keep getting rid of stuff
0: yeah keep refreshing um do you what's your relationship with like fast fashion love it (laughs) (laughs) but like i think it's especially being in like a plus size body it's Mm. really difficult to avoid i think Totally.
1: i think yeah i've kind of gone even i joke about it i have kind of gone really far the other way in just being like you can't tell me to not wear fast fashion i'm gonna wear it whatever i want because until um like because the, the, the people who are always saying it at least in my experience are petite women like i'm sure there are also plus-sized anti fast fashion campaigners but like the ones that i see are petite so i'm as much as they say like yeah and also i know it's hard to find if you're plus size it's like yeah but you're not living that experience so i'm just kind of going to ignore what you're saying to be honest um i think i try like i think now that i've like been exposed to cool brands i try to avoid it if i can avoid it easily like but sometimes you can't um and also all of the what i've noticed like is that so many cool sustainable plus size brands are really expensive and like i have the like luxury of being able to afford clothes i want but like whenever i buy stuff i'm like a few years ago well like if i wasn't doing if i wasn't an actress if i wasn't doing comedy i definitely wouldn't be able to afford any of this stuff yeah it's kind of mad but obviously it's because you know it's like sustainable and it's made in an ethical way and stuff but i mean if you are someone who doesn't have much money and eight is in front of you like go for it Live your life, be comfortable. wear well, you want to wear? Like, I think
0: that's. I, yeah yeah I I uh, yeah I have really similar conversations with myself, especially when it comes to like basics. You know, like a mm. black leggings. I'm like, well, I'll chafe through these fuckers in two months. <laughs> so yeah yeah yeah. Exactly. When it's like an ethical one that is like fifty four pounds for a pair of leggings, mm. and I'm like, oh my god, it really. I'm like, okay, you can't. You like, you can afford that, and that is like. Yeah yeah. But it just shows you how. To be fair and sustainable how far of the mark we are with clothes like yeah and totally. it, when i say we it's not actually our responsibility it's the it's mm. the businesses who are making like 50 billion pounds worth of profit yeah yeah um and then we're like i shouldn't buy these leggings for- <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah
1: yeah <laughs>
0: do you see do you think you've like nailed your style or do you see it evolving and changing again
1: um i don't think i've nailed it i think also like we were talking about like weight fluctuating and like i think depending on the size that i am that that will inform the kind of clothes that i want to wear but i think like i have like style icons who are like older than me that i can imagine like yeah one day i'll I'll settle into that kind of uh those kind of clothes but i think at the moment it's it's like just like constantly evolving and also like um because my job like requires lots of different kinds of outfit and like as my career goes this is awful to say but like as my career goes on I feel like there are like new things that come up that I might need to wear something for and Mm -hmm. so that like always exposes me to like a new way of dressing that I feel like means that it's constantly evolving um but like I might like shrill changed the way I view clothes and the kind of clothes that I wear so I feel like maybe I'll do another show that will like, completely change it in another way. Um, and there's like part of me that's like, I just want to like wear a uniform and like find some, find the perfect pair of black trousers and the perfect black t shirt and just wear it every day. That's kind of my yeah. dream. But until I find them, yeah, I'll just keep, keep chugging along.
0: Fingers, <laughs> fingers crossed for that Securico <laughs> yeah, line yeah. of basics. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is there an item of clothing that you can always see yourself wearing?
1: Um, i think like that big grey jumper or anything that feels like kind of timeless so like stuff that feels like like, maybe like slightly 80s so like a big oversized like linen shirt and leggings or like a big oversized jumper and leggings i feel like i've been wearing since i was like 15 and will always wear um because it's like the perfect balance of like comfort and like a bit of fashion Mm. um but I think that's what I'm trying to do at the moment. I'm trying to be like, will I wear this for 10 years? And if I won't, then I'll get it from ASOS.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Is, um, are there any trends that you're hoping never come back? And that could be in terms of um, you don't want another generation to go through that or you don't want to be tempted to experiment with it yourself.
1: Um... I guess the obvi- the obvious choice for me would be low-rise jeans. Um, and that would definitely be because I don't want a generation to go through it. Because I do think it's weird that we're asking young girls to show their vaginas to us. <laughs> <laughs> <That's> <laughs> that is exactly
0: what it is. That's exactly my one. It's exactly um, my choice. Oh.
1: And also I think, I just, this is the most boring thing that I've ever said. I don't understand thongs. I don't get why you'd wear one. I don't get how the discomfort cancels out not having VPL. For me, band thongs.
0: Yeah. Also, I don't understand how, like, you know, VPL, like, I've never seen it ruin out an outfit. I'm just like, oh, they're wearing knickers. If I happen to notice, like, exactly. rejoice.
1: (laughs) So am I. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're so right. The combo of growing up with those sort of, like, pubic bone grazing and like yes. ab showing britney spears low things yeah. and then worst case scenario a diamante thong <laughs> with like a butterfly yeah. on
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. the back
0: was so weird and like i guess, i guess it was a, a look that's kind of timeless in pornography <laughs> in yeah yeah like...
1: totally yeah <laughs> yeah i wonder if pornography will ever like move past that <laughs> will always be like early noughties <laughs>
0: well well i wonder that and i'm speaking to my partner about it he's like uh it's because whenever you watch it it's the free stuff so like he was like there is stuff also maybe like... it's
1: like when video cameras were popular as well
0: yeah true yeah let's <laughs> say it's that yeah <laughs> um yeah i I, th- I totally agree i remember having a thong, a couple of thongs and um being like buying them and being too scared to show my mum so I wouldn't put Mm. them in the wash I'd wash them by hand um so I had like crispy thongs drying on a radiator which I believe was a (laughs) Jacqueline Wilson book um (laughs) and yeah I I would just sort of like yeah wash them and I'd always try and wear them for school um Mm. but then also it's that weird thing of being like if you switch between thongs and full pants because you're on your period and you're using pads, like, yeah. nothing makes you feel more aware, like, totally. of, of your period and, like, oh, God, everyone can tell because they can see my knicker line. And,
1: yeah,
0: yeah. And you, it's that kind of thing where you think, I'm being paranoid, and then boys will be like, you can see your knickers, and you're like, oh, no, everyone knows. <laughs> yeah. Everyone it's, knows um... I
1: wear knickers.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, the underwear crime. yeah (laughs) Yeah, i really hope it doesn't come back for you i just hope that also like young people have the agency to go oh god that's really uncomfortable i'm obviously not gonna do that
1: yeah yeah and i i don't hold our hope for that but maybe (laughs) yeah maybe the tiktok teens will suddenly decide like we're fighting back
0: yeah that's true (laughs) when they stop giving us grief about having side partings (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) um final question now it's a biggie um you have have sadly died, um, okay. That's what this whole podcast is about. It's I see. You <laughs>
1: um,
0: and for the sake of this, you're going to be buried, um, or not, or cremated. Uh, well, no, you could be cremated, but it's an open casket. What are you okay. wearing to be buried in, or burned in? Wow.
1: Yeah, I think probably like a three piece pinstripe suit. And hat? No, no hat.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Full Bugsy Malone. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And cane. (laughs) (laughs) And we all sing, uh, "You give a little love, and it it all comes back."
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I think so. I think a suit. It's also like a dress, you know. That's not going to hang right if you're in a casket. So I think it needs to be something like very tailored. Um, and then, no shoes. That's something nice on my toes <laughs> it's really good nice peddy mani peddy done
0: yeah. okay mani peddy a pinstripe are we talking black with white pinstripe
1: yeah maybe maybe a navy blue with white pinstripe
0: great oh yeah. that sounds lovely <laughs> Um, you haven't described a shirt are you going for sort of like madonna sort of early noughties just a waistcoat and then a jacket over um oh
1: yeah I don't know about shirt no I think there'll be a shirt
0: a tie surely
1: potentially a tie yeah yeah i guess yeah i guess it's got to be all dark i guess um maybe it's a maybe it's a black suit but then you don't want a white tie no i'm gonna have to think about
0: it it it's very (laughs) the black suit and a white tie is very six form ball (laughs) yeah
1: yeah it's very magician (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah my partner if he sees anyone with a uh, a red shirt and a black tie and a black suit wow he always yeah. says GCSE devil <laughs> it's like, just whenever in drama anyone was playing a devil yeah, yeah, yeah. he'd be like is he a devil sure he's got a red, red, red shirt on <laughs> um lolly you've been such a great guest that's all the questions that was so good mate thank you thank you so much that was lolly um what a great chat right um she's so funny always so funny (laughs) nose piercing thing oh i keep laughing about it every time i see embarrassingly i see someone who's with a pierced nose so if you have a pierced nose and you see me laugh in your face it's not because i don't think you look amazing it's because i'm remembering lolly's saying it's too late for her (laughs) and i thought it was such an interesting chat particularly about that balance of being feminine and avoiding sexualization and also comfort that sort of prism of of like operating and dressing within i was really listening to that as well when we were chatting um and i guess taking note because i definitely think there's still a part of me Takes a validation from being sexualized and 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 reflects that in what I wear, which is absolutely mad. Because if it does happen overtly from anyone who isn't my partner, I kick off. <laughs> um, but I suppose there's a fair bit of conditioning um, as a as a chick in there to undo about. Yeah, I guess our worth is in in our our sexual attraction. So it's hard not to sort of dress to um, to sort of what's the right word for it not encourage it because i sound like some mad tory <laughs> rape apologist but you know to i guess validate that or to to play into that uh, narrative Um, just another huge conundrum I'll continue to ponder in my spare time absolutely no biggie guides Uh, we've had loads of love for last week's episode with a magical Joe Lycett and lots of people catching up with episode one of this series um, with Mikita Oliver too who feel very emboldened to hit the Chazza shops which I love Um, I really love Katie's comment on one of um, the many pictures of Joe Lycett in a huge coat on her Instagram Uh, she said ah yes hello I live nearby and I love a Joe Lycett in a massive coat spot <laughs> oh god that is so much cooler than anyone who might see me in my local area. Obviously I'm not Joe Lycett famous or even famous, but all they would have to do is WhatsApp a mate being like, "I'm sure I just saw a really tired version of Pritchard McLean rifling through the pound rail outside a charity shop in Claggane again." <laughs> um you can of course message us on Insta. Um we are at who you wearing pod and you can email us who you're wearing pod at gmail.com we've got a a really interesting email actually um so it says hello i absolutely love the podcast as kiri's mentioned she has add i mean technically i have adhd but do you know why i always miss out the h is because i (laughs) i think people look at a woman at my size and be like she's not hyperactive but also then i'm playing into all the negative stereotypes about what adhd is so i have adhd anyway um they say, I just wanted a message to tell you about my story and my relationship with clothes. I was diagnosed with ADHD at 27. I realised I actually had no idea that what my style was and I'm still on that journey. I did some ADHD coaching and the coach talked about how people who are neurodiverse often feel so chaotic that they don't know their own style. I've always loved clothes and remembered Trying different styles, but never quite feeling right and owning my style. Since my diagnosis, I've started to really explore this and I decided to set up a vintage business. It started as plus size vintage business, but now I've changed this to be inclusive vintage for all. I'm pre loved vintage on Instagram. Oh, great. That's so good. Go and check it out, guys. I have a little uh, about me which explains more about what I do and my vision. Oh, I feel there's a connection to neurodiversity and the effect on image and clothes great i'd absolutely love to talk about this on some sort of platform so i thought i'd send a message oh hannah i hope this helps apologies for the chaos of this message that's adhd for you thanks hannah at pre-loved vintage at plus go and check out hannah guys that's so interesting i'd never thought about that i definitely did lots of um trying on different hats it's how i would refer to it when i was growing up in particular that was pre-diagnosis i was diagnosed in my sort of um mid-20s um, and I still feel now, like, I guess it's, I'm looking, I'm looking around at my cupboard. I mean, it's fairly consistent because it's shiny, but that is a work uniform. Outside of that, I, yeah, I haven't sort of settled on what I, sometimes I'll try and do something that's kind of like boyish and androgynous, but these big old titties don't make that very, very successful. And then sometimes I want to do something that's like slouching cool. Um, yeah, well, that's very interesting, that food for thought, Hannah, um, I've got a great small business to talk about. Um, Uh, now this is inspired by lolly's love of a soft jumper (laughs) i um it's not securico (laughs) i would like to talk about aesthetic laundry uh it's a female founded ethical size inclusive brand that does the comfiest looking stuff now i'm saying looking because normally when i talk about these companies they're people that i've bought stuff from and i have wanted to buy something from aesthetic laundry for ages but you may or may not know i'm on a no new buying spree but i (laughs) i'm allowed to buy vintage and second hand but nothing new i've tried six months is how i'm gonna try and get on with it um so but they're on my list for when i'm allowed to buy something the confetti joggers um i'm probably gonna get some for my partner i think he'd absolutely love them anyway Can you tell I've got a guys? The founders, Heidi and Joss, basically both come from backgrounds in high fashion. And they decided there was another way to do things. So they created the company. Now, the company has a self-appointed ethical code and focus that they operate by. And this code, they refer to it as pillars, covers four areas, environment, production, industry morals and elitism amazing so they focus on being environmentally conscious and a lot of the stuff follows on from that so the idea is that they produce quality clothing so it's designed to last for much longer with as much as the production kept in-house as possible meaning the carbon footprint is lower and there aren't blind spots in their supply chain now i i'm gonna explain this here and i'm sorry if i'm patronizing you because i mean i basically didn't know what this kind of stuff meant a couple of weeks ago but what can happen sometimes when you buy a bit of clothing is like the um, the pattern is cut in one factory and then it's sent somewhere else. Uh, like The textile's made in one place and then the pattern's cut somewhere else and then the seams are done somewhere else and the buttons are added and then it's packaged somewhere else. So what you have to do if you're working like that is to ensure you're being ethical, you have to be across like five, six, seven, you know, plus, 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 different factories and workforces making sure that everyone is being paid well, that the conditions are right. And that is a lot to do like you know big multinational companies they're putting a lot on themselves which is why they don't do it also there's you know these are across different countries there's different times that you can just everything makes it more complicated whereas if you are buying the fabric and making it all and shipping it all in one place you basically need to make sure is the fabric made in a place that is nice? Thumbs up. Great. We know we're doing everything our side. So I think it's really interesting, the chat about supply chain, something I'm only just learning about. Now, they're inclusive with sizes, but without being wasteful. So they go up to a 5XL, which I think is about twenty eight thirty. 30. Um, but they also just don't keep lots of stock around. And they don't actively throw away, which so many brands do. Um, and now I heard, because I know someone who works with a luxury brand, they've stopped throwing away because they know it's bad um publicity but now they just cut the labels out instead interesting um because they, they don't want to devalue their brand and um, can't say who it is but if you ask me in person i will tell you <laughs> uh, now this means and um, that they might you might have to wait a bit for your clothes but they're made to order which means that there's not just masses of products sat around hoping someone buys it but it means that there's also no sales but i think that's good because i hate it when i buy something and then something goes into the sale i just want to know this is how much it costs um but it's a it's kind of a good thing. I weirdly wouldn't have thought I would like a company with no sales, but it just means that they haven't got loads of socks, socks. They haven't got loads of stock sat around that just needs to go. And um, they say part of the pillars is that they think that customers and staff should be valued equally. And they pitch wages and prices at a level that reflects that. They're committed to challenging the really ugly sides of fashion that, you know, trends and clothes should be throwaway. They should only fit certain bodies and only a select few can afford them. So I just love their ethics and their morals. Now, full disclosure, I think the price point is probably much higher than you used to paying for like joggers or cardies. and um, but that's also because what we used to be playing is, let's be honest, it's slavery prices. And um, So these are really well made and what you're paying for is knowing that someone else can be paid well for their work. And one day, I really hope all clothing is made like this because let's be really honest about it. If everyone was paid fairly for their labour in every work, like, products that reflected the price of doing so wouldn't be out of reach. Like, if living wage was just automatically paid everywhere in excess of that we wouldn't think that you know like 50 quid on a pair of joggers is too much we just wouldn't um sorry i i hope i'm not lecturing to anyone i just the, you know i'm just obsessed with it at the moment <laughs> mm, not like someone with adhd to hyper focus is it um well thank you so much for listening um uh check out aesthetic laundry um on instagram they've got a website as well they're really transparent on the website i um recommend going and having a nose on that and um i'm gonna go and look at it again and mentally talk myself out of buying some confetti joggers for my partner and saying it's for him and then wearing them anyway and to circumnavigate my own new nothing new rule god i'm scum and um, thank you so much for listening please recommend us to people that you think would enjoy it more and more of you listening all the time and i'm just so so grateful I just think these conversations are really important um, and I want everyone to hear them, especially next week's episode with um, Kate McGuire. It is a long one, but it's really special and I really think that Kate might be able to just revolutionise how you feel about your wardrobe and your clothes. So I look forward to that. See you then. Who Are You Wearing is produced by Joe Southard, the artwork is by Marie Phillips and the music is by Annie Glass. This has been a Little Wonder production.